Welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And on today's show, we're going to have Rocky Lalvani. He is located in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. He's the Chief Profitability Officer of Profit First, or Profit Comes First. And he helps uh, businesses implement the Profit First uh, program mentality. Uh, yeah, system. 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 Yeah. Yeah. System. yeah. Um, so he'll be on here shortly. But first, Julie and I, um, we're going to talk about um, things money. like budgeting, money, perceptions, cons- beliefs. Yeah, beliefs. How how yeah. you learned about money. Yes. Also, I do want to say though, I can't. It's not possible for me to hear someone say Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and in my head not go the HBG. That happens. I don't know why. And, yeah. Well, I should probably stop. Anyway. <laughs> stop doing that. Yeah. That's uh, you at sound least out, At least out loud. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. That's not, you're not nice. That's fine. Um, anyway, so Julie, we, we mm-hmm. both kind of came from similar families in terms of, uh, you know, small business owners and money was always a thing that parents was, didn't like each other. Yeah. Parents didn't like each other, but money was always a thing. Um, you know, that, that was talked about. Well, at least in my family. Um, yeah, in our, in my family as well, but in my family, what it was taught, what was talked about with respect to money was how there was never enough of it. Right. Which is really weird considering, you know, that what I know now about, like, we never really wanted for anything, but it was always, it, my dad always made a really big deal out of us wanting anything, like needing anything and it costing money. Is really a very weird dynamic yeah my, well i mean my parents got divorced when i was young so like i lived with my mom and i didn't get much in terms of like financial help from my dad but i didn't really get much of anything from him either emotionally <laughs> physically whatever but anyway um but you know i don't know why i'm laughing it's not funny <laughs> but he uh but my mom, though, on the other hand, I mean, she was she she did a very good job of of putting like a a, a good concept of money um, in when she raised you know myself and my brother. Um, and one of the things that always annoyed me when I was growing up, um, but it really stuck, was my friends. They all got allowances, and I never got an allowance. And when I would complain about it, she's like, "Well, you know that food costs money." you know, it costs money to keep the lights on. She's like, I can just start, I give you allowance, but then I can charge you for all the things you're using. <laughs> and so, you know, that's kind of how I was raised. Um, and, and, but, it, but it, it made sense to me. And again, like I never, I never f- felt like we were poor. Um, and it was one of those things, like if I ever wanted to go out with friends to a movie or whatever, she didn't have a problem, you know, giving me a $10 bill to go get, you know, some popcorn or whatever, but you know, for the most part, I also started working when I was like 12. So your mom was kind of an assassin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, um, I can remember every time I wanted money that it was just this really big ask. Like I was asking like my dad for one of his fingers or something. Right. Versus that whole, like, Oh, we, I didn't get an allowance either. Um, but like I said, I can't ever remember wanting something some material thing and not getting it um but my 
financial education really came from the school of hard knocks, right? Learning things the hard way. Um, I think I told on a podcast recently the story about a car being repossessed because I signed a really stupid contract. And, you know, I just like, then I never made that mistake again. You just kind of live and learn and, um, you know, you figure it out as you go. But, you know, I've never had the, I think my mentality for money has always been, I can make more right? Like I don't have a scarcity mentality around money. I just feel like there's a lot of it in the world in a lot of ways to make it. And I'll figure it out because I'm pretty smart and I'm clever. And sometimes I'm even a little crafty. And you might still have both your kidneys. I do. I do. <laughs> and uh, you know, so you always got a backup. There. I got a backup plan um, right on. Yeah. I was kind of the same way. And it was always like, it, it perplexes me or frustrates me or whatever. Cause people always talk about, Oh, and in high school or whatever, we need to teach kids how to do the basics, like, you know, balance a checkbook, even though that's not a thing anymore, but like manage money or just be responsible because it's not being taught elsewhere. Um, but that never happens. And it, it's something that I definitely think needs to happen, like just basic money management, because we already know that most adults aren't good with their money. So they're not going to teach their kids good habits with their money. Correct. Correct. And because we know that most adults aren't good with their money, we also know that most small business owners don't have a lot of knowledge or enough knowledge for them to really be good with their finances and their money and their business. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot. I mean, just people, they, they put their head in the sand when it comes to looking at bank accounts or, you know, financial statements or anything like that. And, you know, they take, they take advice from accountants and, and whatnot, but, you know, there's, there's a, a difference between like just having a balanced bank account and actually like making smart decisions with your money. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time we heard a client tell us that he had just learned from his accountant like the week before or the day before that he was profitable and he didn't know. And we were like, and he had been in business for like seven or, or 10 years. Or yeah. And right we were now. both like, wait, what? And we're trying to hide from our, like the look of like pure shock on yeah. our face. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. But again, I mean, the barrier to entry for a lot of businesses is just having some cash to get the business going. You don't need certifications or knowledge or anything like that. Um, for a lot of businesses you do for some. Right. And I, I mean, I, I have long believed, well, yeah, I think it's important to teach the fundamentals of finance right and it's more than like accounting or you know a balance sheet there's there's a lot more to finance than that right but i also think it's more it's equally important to teach the fundamentals of being an entrepreneur because there's a lot more to running a business than just hanging your open sign on the front door exactly yeah um well, we've got Rocky in the waiting room, so let's go ahead and bring him in. We should bring him in, but before we do that, why don't we take a quick break? Let's do that. Okay. Hey, everyone. We wanted to tell you about our latest course, Foundation 52, that will be available on February 15th. This course is built to provide tools and techniques every week of the year and is designed to improve your small business. If you're thinking about starting a business, this is a great resource for you as well. We walk you through sales, customer service, disaster planning, growth strategies, and so much more. Head on over to SB Pace to sign up today. Okay, welcome back. We have Rocky Lalvani on, and he is the Chief Profitability Officer of Profit Comes First, um, and he is out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Rocky. 
Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here with both of you. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting conversation because you are, I guess I'm, I'm just going to say you're an expert in profit first. And so we would love to learn more about that approach. And we're probably going to have a lot of questions along the way because this is kind of new information for both of us. But we have um, a couple of clients who actually are implementing or have implemented the, the concepts behind Profit First. So um, we're excited to have this conversation. As am I. Always happy to share and help small business owners survive and thrive. I know, right? That's what we say, survive and thrive. Um, and I swear we didn't rehearse that. I, I am curious what it is about Profit First that basically resonated with you and made you want to become, you know, so invested in this particular, can I call it a concept? Is that the right word for it or approach? I've always wanted to be wealthy, right? From the time I was a little kid. And when I got out of college, I essentially created an automated system to build wealth. So basically as money came in, before I even saw it or touched it, it would start going into different savings places. Some of it would go into retirement accounts. Some of it would go into after-tax accounts. And over the years, I kept increasing the amounts that I was saving. I would always look around and go, why is money so hard for people? And I didn't realize that most people weren't taught about money. When I started to think about it, I realized for whatever reason, I mean, we're an immigrant family to the United States. I came here when I was little. My parents would talk about money. They would talk about money with their friends because they had to figure out how to live here and how to survive and thrive, right? I have a Bachelor of Science in Economics. I have an MBA. Neither of those places taught me how to build wealth. They didn't teach me those principles. And I always wanted to help people with money, but I couldn't figure out a way to help them. And probably about, I don't know, seven years ago, I went down, I spent a week with Dave Ramsey's group doing their master coaching program, realized I don't want to work with broke people. Um, <laughs> thank you, but no, thank you. So I started working with, with high income people. And the problem is what I do is help build wealth over time. Nobody wants to invest in how to be a millionaire over 10 years. They all want to be a millionaire tomorrow, overnight, this weekend. Guess what? That doesn't work. Um, it takes time. And then at some point, I got introduced to the concept that business owners didn't understand the business of business, and they weren't looking at their financial reports. And I started banging my head against the wall. I'm like, what do you mean? So I was like, okay, here's a group of people that need help. I have an expertise. I can help them. This is the perfect match. Do I go this alone or do I partner with somebody? So I looked at some of the different systems out there. There's, there's different CFO services. There's different types of things out there. But what I realized is Mike put into words for business owners what I've been doing my whole life. And I'm like, well, I could, I could put it in my words or – I could just take his words <laughs> and it's a lot easier to take his system, right? I wouldn't have to waste my time trying to figure it all out. So let's just roll with his. He allows me the flexibility to tweak it the way I want. So I tweak it to, to my needs and to best serve my customers. And so we're just in a hundred percent alignment. 
That's great. And it, it, it is amazing. And we talk about this all the time um, uh, about how little people like business owners know about their own finances. And, and frankly, I mean, most of them are scared to, to even mm-hmm. learn about it. it. It's, it's not, it's not an easy subject um, to start with and nobody's taught it at a young age. And then they get into business and they're like, well, I've got money in the bank account. I guess I'm doing okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And this system is designed for that very person. You don't have to change your habits. That's why it works. And that's why people love it. Rocky, tell us a little bit about the program. Because like Julie said, we are working with some people who have talked about it. I'm having a disconnect. I haven't read the book or or really followed any of it. So the way that I approach business seems to be different or just understanding money in general. And, and that's fine. Everyone has their own viewpoints about money and how to do things. I think the biggest problem is we're given all the wrong information in business. All right. So the first thing is, and I figured out why business owners have problems. They're not accountants and they don't want to be, right? When they look at financials, their eyes glaze over. They're like, I went into business to do what I love, not be an accountant. The problem is accountants have a formula and it's called It's based on generally accepted accounting principles, gap accounting, and their formula is sales minus expenses equals profit. So where's profit? It's a leftover. Last. Well, no wonder you're not profitable. It's the leftover. Most business owners don't find out if they're profitable till tax time. Accountant says, congratulations, you made a profit last year. Two things happen. The first is, The business owner goes, where is that money? And the accountant laughs at him and goes, you spent it. The second question comes, how much do I owe in taxes? Wait a minute. I don't have any money. How in the world am I supposed to pay that tax bill? Right? They freak out at that point. We solve both those problems and we make it so much easier for them. So Mike came up with the new formula and it's the formula I've used all my life. Sales minus profit equals expenses. So expenses is now a leftover expenses are constrained and there's a couple of reasons why this works so as you said before most business owners look at their bank balance they go money yay i can spend right that's their thinking spend because you have to spend money to make money which is a total lie or they look at their bank balance and go no money i gotta go sell And so they rush out and they sell stuff and sometimes they sell at a discount and they underprice and they get themselves into trouble. So there is actually a law. It's a, it's a universal principle that explains the problem. And most people have not heard of this one. It's called Parkinson's law has nothing to do with the disease. Are you familiar with it at all? No. No. Yeah. And see, most people aren't taught this Parkinson's law is basically says that you will use up all of the resources allocated, right? So if you look at a business, they've got two resources, time and money. And if I came to you, I said, you know, I I want you to do X for me. The first question you're going to say is what's your budget and when do you need it done? If I tell you my budget is $50,000 and we want it done in three months, you will spend $50,000 and take three months. But what if I came to you and said, my budget's $5,000 and I've got a week. You'll find a way to get it done. 
business owners are resourceful. When they're constrained, they figure out how to get things done. Now you're going, wait a minute, how do you go from 50,000 to 5,000? That's crazy talk. There's, there's no way I can do that unless you bring in the second principle. And this is the principle everybody knows and ignores, which is the Pareto principle. It's the 80-20 rule, right? 20% of what you do provides 80% of the results. 40% of what you do gives you 96% of the results. I've lived by life by this. I gave up the 60% and I gave up the 4%. So I gained 60% of time, money, effort, and I lose 4% and I don't really care because I can use that 60% to do another 80, 96%. So now I'm getting twice as effective with less effort. And you got to put these both together. When you put them both together, things start to work. And so it's what we're doing is we're constraining your money. And the way that Mike does this is basically most business owners don't want to look at financial statements because they're rear view mirror. They happened a month and a half ago. They're like, no, 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 no. It's today. I need to think about tomorrow and where I'm going. So he created this system and, it, and it's very similar because many of you may have heard of the envelope system, right? In the old days, people would get money, they get their paycheck and they take a portion of it and put it in the rent envelope, a portion in the grocery envelope, a portion in the utility envelope. And you would spend from that envelope until you were done and then you would stop spending. Essentially, you constrained yourself. So Mike did the same thing for businesses with bank accounts. We create five bank accounts. The first one is called your income account. All your money goes into your income account. Anytime you look at your income account, you know how much you sold, right? Immediately, I know how much I've sold and collected because my income account shows it to me. Then we create four more accounts. The first one is your profit account because we take profit first. You said you were gonna be a profitable business. You created a business plan that said you were profitable. Why aren't you taking your profit first? The second account is owner's pay. You, the owner, should not be paid last. You should be paid first. You put in the effort. You put in the time. You put in the risk capital. Why are you last in line? The, the um, next account is the tax account, because as we talked about earlier, tax time comes and we freak out. And then the last account is your operating expense account. So the money comes into the main account, your income account. And on a set rhythm, we allocate it based on percentages to your profit, your pay, your tax, and your operating expenses. Now, Mike's got targets in the book that show you what the targets are for what your business should be. You start with where you're at today. And over a period of time, I tell my clients it might take two years to get to targets. This is not an overnight success story. You allocate your money on a set rhythm. So some businesses do it once a month, some do it twice a month, some do it weekly. You take your income account, you move your money to your tax, to your profit, to your pay and your OPEX. And then when it comes time to spend money, you look at your operating expense account and say, how much do I have? It's been constrained. You're also not accidentally spending your tax, your profit and your pay because they've already been set aside. So it's a, it's a constraint model. You don't have to look at financial reports. You just look at your bank balance. How much is in my operating account? Uh-oh, I need to sell or, hmm, I've only got 
you know, 5,000, I'm going to have to constrain my spending. What do I need to do? How do I become more resourceful? And so that in a nutshell is what the entire system is. It's very simple. It's very easy to do. You just got to implement it. I like the idea of the the budgeting um, and being patient when it comes to growing your business and all of that. Cause I mean, you know, I, I totally agree with all of that, but the one thing I want to go back to, to talk about when you're talking about constraining your expenses um, and just constraining your, your resources, basically um, one of the things that I always love to, to tell people, especially when I was working on it projects was uh, you can get it good, cheap or quick, but you can't, you can pick two of the three. So, you know, if you're constraining certain things, you're going to, you know, you're going to sacrifice, especially resources, you're going to sacrifice a good project or a quick project. So let's address that. What happens a lot of times, especially when it comes to IT and software, is we sign up for some software, we say we're going to use it, and then one of two things happen. We don't use it, and yet we keep paying a monthly amount. So let's challenge you. Do you really need that software? Or the second thing happens. I signed up for the premier tier, which is 800 bucks a month, but I'm only using the features of the, you know, the basic tier at $200 a month. Well, go ahead and cut it from 800 to 200 and save yourself $600 a month. It's also a matter of negotiating. We all have internet. We've got cell phones. We've got all of these different things. Do you ever pick up the phone or have somebody pick up the phone and say, hey, AT&T, Verizon, what can you do to lower my bill? Right? Once a year. Because I know, like I have, uh, my wife likes XM radio. God, no idea why, but whatever. Every year that thing renews. And every year at renewal time, they charge me like 22 bucks a month. I call them up and they lower my bill by like 75%. Most people forget to do this. They just don't negotiate in their business. And so that is one of the things you do. Same thing with your insurance agent. I send a quick email, you know, to my insurance agent. Hey, is there anything we can do to lower my bill? And usually they write back and go, yeah, I moved some stuff around and saved you a few hundred bucks. Or you comparison shop, right? Is there a better way to provide this service? You know, we get comfortable and that's a big part of it. The other part of it is, so if you deal with guys in say the construction business, the accountant says, you know, if you go buy a big fat, nice pickup truck, I can write the whole thing off this year. They get the green light. I got to go buy a new pickup truck. No, you don't. You don't need that pickup truck. It's a vanity spend item. And we have tons of vanity spending in business. I need this. I need that. Well, you don't need that. Your customer doesn't care that you're driving a brand new pickup truck. They care that you fixed their house or did the, the job. So a big part of it is to get rid of vanity spending. When appropriate, spend appropriately. Do spend for good. Get quality items. And in, it's like you say, if we don't buy quality items, we're going to be replacing them and they're going to gum up our business. So, but do that appropriately with things that really are valuable in your business. You're just forced to think about your spending and not spend without thought. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that kind of wraps it up. I might still disagree with you a little bit, but 
<laughs> um, but yeah. So let's but, disagree. What 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 do you disagree with? Well, so I mean, there's certain things. I mean, you're gonna have to spend money, and and again, like for some people, and maybe it's just, again just the way that I think because the the changing the the sales minus profits to equal expenses makes sense. But I also come from a world where I already know where my my cost percentages should be. So anytime that I'm buying something or selling something, I already know what I have to charge in order to hit the numbers that I need. So you're part of a small minority of business owners who know their numbers and you're appropriately pricing. So the other half of this equation is appropriately pricing. One way you can increase profit is to charge appropriately. And you know, just as well as I do, a lot of business owners underprice their product offerings. Yes. So regularly, yeah. regularly. So that is part of this whole equation is to think about the numbers and appropriately price things. So, so Rocky, are you basically what I, we would refer to as an implementer where you're going out and teaching small businesses, essentially how to implement profit first into their organization? So, yes, I do that. But really where my value comes in is there are a lot of business owners, even after they implement this, that aren't paying attention to the numbers. They don't know where the things are and they don't even want to look at their financials because when it comes time to looking at their reports or getting this down, you know, they get anxiety sure. so and are you, are you they freak out. Are you essentially like a fractional CFO for companies? Essentially, that is what I am. I go in. I look at their numbers, I ask them questions, and I challenge them. I challenge them on their spending, on you know employee spends, on, on everything within their business that has to do with money. The other thing that does is it keeps accountability down, right? Because they are not just spending without thought. They're like, wait a minute, before I spend, I need to, to get it checked out that this is an appropriate spend. Okay. And so that's a big part of what I do for them too. What's your typical engagement like with a small business? Like how long are you typically working with them or is it a ongoing thing? For if they're a really small business, I might just implement for them and let them run. If they're a larger size business, so my target business owner is half a million to 5 million. Those guys need somebody in the money seat for a couple hours a month. And that's literally what I do. I come in for a couple hours a month. I sit in the money seat. We work on the business instead of in the business, right? That you talked about that at the beginning. We look at your financials. We keep the guardrails in place and you appropriately spend. And part of it is also, you know, you might have the question, can I afford this? When can I place an order? I, I you know, some of my guys have large orders. They got to order stuff from China. Well, can I place this order? Do I have enough money for it? Well, let's run the numbers and see how and when you can place your orders so that you have appropriate cash flow in the business. So I keep things well run and, and, and oiled for those business owners that don't want to. And there's quite a few who don't want to. It's not their thing. It's not. And I think, you know, for us, what we have learned is that it takes a while to get people comfortable enough to admit that they don't want to do that, right? They think because they own a business that they're supposed to know it and want to know it. And that is absolutely not the case. 
not the case at all. So that's, you're providing a really valuable service. And I, I yeah, like definitely. that. Um, all right. We need to start wrapping up. Can you tell our listeners how they can find you? Uh, so the best place is my website, profitcomesfirst.com. And from there, you can find the podcast. You can find uh, two free chapters of Mike's books, uh, along with a bunch of resources that come for free. And you can learn more about me. Great. So we'll put all that information in the show notes for our listeners. Thank you so much for joining the show today. And thanks to our listeners. We appreciate having you all on board. And if you want to connect with us, head on over to our websites. We have sbpace.com and bizquickpodcast.com. From there, you can find all the links to LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yes. And while you're out surfing the interwebs, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. Give us a like and a review. We live for feedback. Yes, we do. (laughs) Um, You can reach out to us about any topics that you want. If you want to be a guest on the show, um, you can head over to this quick podcast and uh, fill out the form there. And we wrote a number one bestseller book. It's on Amazon. It's called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. Good job on remembering to say the name of the book. (laughs) I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this is BizQuick, helping small businesses across America. 